0: Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Randy Ward. Randy Ward is a retired 37-year veteran English teacher from Georgia, USA, a published author and YouTuber, and a magazine and book editor, a holistic emotional intelligence and harmony life coach, and a motivational speaker, African animal activist, and a world traveler. She formerly owned Rise Up and six other nursery in Egypt, two English language schools. Her recent awards include IAOTPS Female Visionary and Educator of the Decade 2020, She Inspires Me Awardee, in 2020 Woman of the Year Language Arts and Writing Top 100 Registry. She is a member of the Wor- Florida Chapter of World Woman Conference and Awards, and she has received several other awards that are included in her bio section for this podcast episode. Welcome to the podcast, Randy. Thank you. And and it's so
1: wonderful to be with you today.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from?
1: Okay, well, I'm originally from West Virginia, a little small town called Moundsville, but I went to Marsh University, which is in Huntington. And I have exciting news. They are going to feature me in the alumni newsletter. I just finished 11. They gave me 18 questions. The man didn't realize that he was talking to an English teacher. He told me to be detailed. So I'm sending him 11 pages of answers, but I'm gonna be the spotlight feature in the September newsletter for the alumni. And then I'm gonna be on their website and I get five pictures and they're gonna promote me all over the so- social media from Marshall University. So I'm excited. You know, all these honors you get, they're wonderful. But when your own university recognizes you, that's really special, you know? So I'm just excited. Because I haven't been in West Virginia for 30 years and I haven't been to the school since the 80s and all of a sudden they know who I am so it's great I love it I'm proud of you now
0: you. can you tell us about your book on your life in Egypt as a teacher during its revolution in 2011 and 12 and the books you plan on publishing
1: okay this this is my book behind me as you can see okay that's the front and back covers and this is it too and it has I'll just skim through it quickly. It has 153 pictures. All of them I took except 45 of them. And my publisher said they were taken by my Egyptian friends with their phone cameras. And if you know anything about publishing, the DPI has to be at least 300. They weren't. So they told me they couldn't be in there. My son is the art director for Reader's Digest in Germany. He said, Mom, I can't fix them. You ready? A 15-year-old Egyptian genius boy who was a friend of mine at the time Fixed all 45 of them in 45 minutes, and they're in my book. You can't tell the difference between the ones that had the correct DPI and the ones that didn't. But let me tell you the backup story for this this book. Um, When I retired after 37 years of teaching, I thought, yay, this is going to be so wonderful. You know, I'm going to relax, no stress. After the first three months, I was totally miserable. Because I'm this energy person, and I have to have a purpose i have to be motivated there was no motivation in my life so my son said in 2010 why don't you join facebook well i really didn't want to get involved in social media but i did and it changed my life forever because i met the man that hired me to go teach um, spread your english sye in cairo so at first i wasn't going to do it i thought no i don't want to go to egypt to teach but then i got invited to a wedding of a friend of mine so in may 2011 I went to, her, went to go to her wedding. Well, strange story on that. I never met her, didn't go to her wedding. She had a problem in her family. So I ended up staying at this Cataract Pyramids Hotel resort, beautiful, ready. I was the only guest in the whole five-star hotel because Egypt had just finished a revolution in January when they overthrew their their dictator, Mubarak. And so it, it was still unsettled, no government, You know, nothing was settled. But I decided to go by myself without my husband to a wedding and stay for a month, so (laughs) I actually went to the center that I ended up teaching at, and I thought, you know, I don't like the way this thing is run. I can do better, you know, teacher Randy, you know, planning everything, so I went home, and I thought, I don't know if I really want to do that, but then the strangest thing happened. I'm a very spiritual person, so I kept getting these dreams from this amazing voice that kept saying, Randy, you have to go to Egypt. These young adults need you, You have to go. You're going to change their lives. I will take care of you. You will be safe. Night after night, Gigi, I had this dream. And to me, it was the voice of God. And I never remember my dreams. So my husband and my son said, Randy, you're not going to Egypt. It's unsettled. It's not safe. Well, risk taker Randy said, Yes, I am. They were angry with me. So on November the 3rd, I hopped on a plane by myself to go to Cairo. Not really knowing anybody except a few friends I had on Facebook to live in Cairo post revolution to teach. Well, ironically, a week after I got there, the second revolution started, and I was living three blocks from Tahrir Square, the center of the revolution. I was totally surrounded by protesting constantly. Listen, one night in December 2011, one half block from my apartment. I listened to 12 people die and 120 people get injured in a six hour gun battle. I cried all night. Suddenly it got quiet. I got up. I had to go teach that day. When I went to the street where the protesting was, there was barbed wire all around it. No trash, no people, total silence. It was totally eerie. So I went and taught. My teaching experience was totally incredible. I was teaching young university students and Post professionals like doctors and lawyers and petroleum engineers. And I had, like, I I probably taught maybe 300 people in the three months I was there. I taught four levels of English to um, all these wonderful people. And I had to avoid trying to get hurt. I really wasn't afraid. I guess God wouldn't let me be afraid, right? That voice wouldn't let me be afraid. He was going to take care of me. And He did. But I did get tear gassed. I was surrounded by violence all the time uh, but i learned out of necessity to become an egyptian woman and take care of myself of course i did have friends that helped me they taught me how to shop because everything was in arabic and i don't speak mm-hmm. arabic they taught me how to use the metro and how to avoid the nasty taxi cab drivers that would reach back and grab my leg western woman she's easy you know <laughs> they like they didn't like this though when i told them you know don't touch but anyway i I'm rambling a little bit here, but I had so many wonderful experiences. Uh got to ride a camel with my friends, go to the Egyptian museums, climb the Tyro Tower. Uh, everything was so amazing. It wasn't all stress. There was a lot of fun activity. So when I came home, I had taught writing for 37 years, but never had time to write. I was always grading and evaluating other people's writing. But I decided you know, maybe I should write a book. At this time, I had been to 48 countries and never written about any of my experiences. Okay, the dream started again, Gigi. Like three nights after I got back, the same voice. Okay, Randy. Now I kept you safe. You had the the, the adventure of your life so far. It changed my life, and it did. He says, now you have to write about it. You have to tell Egypt's story. So I started writing. And I'd start, and it took me three months, and that story was done. And I had taken all these pictures. So I put my pictures in because even though I'm an English teacher, a lot of people are visual. So I thought stories, pictures tell stories. So my publisher did not like the idea of me having all those pictures in it, but I said, I don't care. I'm paying for this. I'm putting the pictures in. So this is how my story was created. You see the cover? The cover was designed by a real Egyptian friend of mine. The title, Because I Believed in Me, My Egyptian Fantasy Came True, that's the result of a Facebook contest. I couldn't think of a title. My chapter titles were easy, but I couldn't think of a title. I wanted to be about me, but I also wanted to be about Egypt. Believe it or not, two Egyptians put that title together and that became the title of my book. So the whole thing is about Egypt, even the title to cover everything. And in it, I highlight a lot of my friends. I wrote the story as if you're sitting beside me, and I'm telling you my story. I wrote it in simple terms because someday I want this to be translated in, into Arabic for those Egyptians that can't read English. So this is my this was my dream, my life story. But as you know, since then I didn't stop with those 48 countries. I've been in 60 countries altogether. That is so. amazing. <laughs>
0: Now, can you tell us about your career path as a 37-year language arts teacher to a professional writer and editor after your life-changing experience in Egypt and God's message to you and your dreams?
1: Okay. All right. Well, okay. Like I said, this book was not the first book I was going to write. I've written so many other things, but writing a book is fun. Publishing it is not always so fun. So I had horrible experiences with my publisher. You know, I paid a lot of money. I won't even tell you how much you would go, Randy, you didn't do that. Yes, I did. You know, you think that you're going to be a bestseller and everybody's going to read your book and Oprah's going to put you in her book club and, you know, all these things, you know. So but um, so I had such a terrible experience that even though I write poetry and short stories for both children and adults, I have one novel finished that I am going to publish soon. And the sequel that I'm writing right now, I'm a blogger, I'm a magazine editor and writer. (laughs) I even write song lyrics. I just haven't created the music for it. I do all of these media, the only thing I haven't done yet is a drama, but that's coming. But I loved writing. Like I said, I didn't have time to write when I was teaching, but it became a passion. And I guess all those years that I taught writing, I actually taught myself to write because I think I'm really good. So from that, of course, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I've, spent, I've been writing since 2012 when this book was published, but I just need to find a way, an inexpensive way, to publish my books cuz I'm not going to be get burned like I was the last time.
0: We hear you. We hear you, Randy.
1: <laughs> Can you tell us about your inspirational YouTube channel and blogs? Okay. Well, okay. Believe it or not, the first YouTube ch- uh, video on my Facebook page, I mean on my YouTube channel, is not one I created. It was actually done by my boss at SYE on January 25th, 2012. I was teaching on the 14th floor. And these two huge flags that had hundreds of people holding them underneath it were headed on, on their way to Tahrir Square to celebrate their first year anniversary for their independence, which we know now is a failure. So he made a video of me watching it. It's so ridiculous. I must have said, wow well, like 45 times because it was the only thing that seemed appropriate. The tears mm-hmm. came because it was such an emotional day. But I thought, oh, I love this YouTube thing. So I put it on my, my channel. You know, I took his and put it on my channel. So when my, uh, my publishing company told me, you need to do a book trailer and we'll do one for you for the price of $18,000. Yeah, I just looked at him and said, I don't think so. So my, the first video I ever created for my YouTube channel was my book trailer. And it's really good, considering it was my first attempt at any of that. My publisher saw it and said, who did you get to do your book trailer? I said, I did it and they said, You did that? And I said, yes. I said, and I saved $18,000. So they weren't too happy with me, but I used to rub it in anyway. So the rest of my videos, it doesn't have one theme. I write about my animals. I have St. Bernard's that I love. I write about my friends that have inspired me. Uh, If there's a current topic that I think as a teacher, people need to talk about, you know, the effects of smoking and taking risk and all this stuff, I'll write about that. Um, I've also highlighted, like I said, people that are special to me. A lot of the people that I've met in, in Egypt, it's just kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of things that inspire me that I want to share. And I'm able in a lot of them to put the poems that I write into them. And sometimes I've even created poems for my YouTube videos. So, I mean, you look at it, you go, there's no theme, but that's okay. The theme is to inspire, to motivate, to entertain, and just to have fun. So that's my thing. That is amazing. When did you become a poet? Um, well, after you know, when I was working on writing, I'd get inspired in the middle of the night and I'd get up at three o'clock in the morning and come downstairs and I thought I could write a poem on that. So I'd write a poem. My husband would come down and say, "What are you doing?" I said, "If I don't get this poem down, I'm going to forget it in the morning." So I just started writing poetry because poetry is short. you know it takes you time to write it, but it's not like writing a novel or even a short story. You can do it in a quick. Amount of time, so I like to. I probably have enough poetry for three, four, five books. I mean, I've written hundreds. (laughs) Like I said, I'm kind of a crazy woman. I just get inspired, and I become extreme in everything I do. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Now, Randy, can you tell us about your work with
0: Africa Nomads Conservation and Lion Encounter in Africa, which is the animal conservation projects in World Peace Forest, Africa and Egypt? and the Future Tree Reforesting
1: Project. Yes, this is my passion. Like I said, I've been in 60 countries. Paris is still my favorite city, but Africa is my favorite continent. Of course, I loved Egypt, it became my home. In fact, they named me rary that's my name. And, but when I went, my first trip to South Africa, Swaziland, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Kenya, I've been to all those places. Seeing the animals in the wild, It was I was like a child in a candy store. I could not get enough of it, and I've met so many wonderful people. The African people are just the most incredible people in all of the world. Some of them are are poor, they don't have a lot, but their spirit is just so inviting, you know what I'm saying? They're just so warm and so wonderful. So I got connected with Nor Santosian in Kenya. He was this young university student who was starting African Nomads Conservation. Part of it was to grow trees, because, you know, they always need reforesting in Africa, but the other part was to save the animals. And as you know, elephants, rhinos, and now even giraffes are endangered animals in Africa. One elephant is killed every 15 minutes. So I had to become a part of that. This young man is now a forest ranger and I'm part of his African Nomads Conservation. In fact, I'm the USA regional director. I create videos for him, I advertise for him, you know, he is now a writer and he does videos and TV shows. Um, so my my duties are not as much as they used to be, but I still support him talking about him in interviews such as this. And so I love that interview. I love that organization so much. Okay. In Egypt, World Peace Forest Africa, one of my best friends in the entire world is an ambassador to Uganda, even though he's an Egyptian and he is a scientist and an honorary doctor. His name is Max- Mahmoud Husana, And he's this amazing man who is growing the Moringa tree. Have you ever heard of the Moringa tree? Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's considered by scientists to be the miracle tree. Uh, if you could eat any part of it if you had nothing else to eat, and you could survive. It's also used as fodder for cattle, and it can be used to, to um, purify water. It's an amazing thing. So he is growing 5,000 of these on a farm 45 minutes outside of Cairo, which is amazing. It's like this paradise in the middle of the desert. And what he hopes to do is when he has enough grown, he wants to use them to reforest Africa and use university students to do it. Well, you know, I had to be a part of that, right? Mm -hmm. Students. So I am the honorary president of that. And again, part of my YouTube videos are interviewing him and talking about World Peace Forest Africa and the Moringa Tree. So, and of course, I talk about it in all my interviews because I want to promote him. And all of these are, are nonprofit things. We're not here to make money. You know, we're just here to help. And then I'm going to have another one soon. Um, when I went to Zimbabwe in March, the last trip with my husband, who, you know, passed away in December, sadly, I met this guy named Bonani. at Lion Encounter. I got to walk with two of his lions and pet them. I have no fear of animals, I was petting the lions, and we connected and I said, I wanna help you with this. Because his project is to put, to um, reproduce, or to you know let the lions reproduce, and then put them back out in the wild. Because what is happening with lions is, they're interbreeding within their family, and they're getting all these birth defects. So what he was doing was taking one member of this family, and one member of this family, and breeding them, so they'd have healthy lines and then putting them out into the wild. Well, you know, the pandemic has kind of destroyed that right now. But as soon as this is done, I'm hoping to support him with some videos and, you know, and helping him raise money for this project too. There's just so many wonderful projects. Very
0: powerful. Now tell us more about the Morocco Pens online magazine and your experience
1: as an editor and contributing writer. Okay. All right. Well, my, my friend Ayub Katie. Uh, I I met him when he was 17 years old. In fact, I helped him learn English online, okay? Well, a few years, maybe about four years ago, they have a lottery in parts of uh, the countries where, you know, it's hard to get visas. So he won the USA Diversity Lottery. So he's now living in New York City. But when he moved here, he stayed with my husband and me for like six weeks until he decided to go to New York. Well, we had started before he moved to the United States, this Morocco pens. And what it is, it's a magazine, an online magazine, that encourages non-native English speakers to write in English, because he was an English teacher once he graduated in Morocco, in Agadir, to be exact. So, of course, I had to be a part of that. So I'm a chief editor. I do all the editing, and I also have some of my articles on there. But now our goal is, now that he's in the United States, we want to at least make a paper publication once or twice a year. So we're working on that. And it's amazing you wouldn't believe we've had not only moroccans but egyptians indians all these people from around the world submitting their works and this is a great opportunity for non-published people to get published in a magazine how awesome is that right yes ma'am wonderful tell us more about your two
0: new projects the world Women conference and awards and we are the change london uk okay
1: well world women conference and Uh, awards is done by, was founded by Ragni Sinekos. She was originally from Estonia, but now lives in Mexico. And my big, our friend, Patricia Rogers, (laughs) uh, because you're a part of that too, um, contacted both of us to be a part of this. Now you're in Florida and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, but I'm still part of the Florida chapter, even though there is an Atlanta chapter. So, you know, recently we just had our launch event on August the 5th, which you and I got to be a big part of, and it was exciting. We had what, like 70, 80 international ladies from all over the world. Um, they're wonderful. We had wonderful speakers. And of course, our thing is to help young ladies around the world with leadership skills, help them to develop their careers and be inspiring to them. And we're gonna help you know, with charity work and all this and set up programs, mentoring programs. It's gonna be an amazing thing. As you know, we're a part of that and we both love that, don't we? Yes, ma'am. Both okay. are great organizations. Yes. We Are The Change was founded by Caroline, Caroline Makaka. She is originally from Zimbabwe, but lives in the UK and London. And because of all the connections with Ragni, Caroline found me and said, you sound interesting. I want to talk to you. So they did a Zoom event on August the 1st, and there were over 100 women, again, from all over the world. And we have decided that we are going to be the change. because. This world is kind of messed up right now and the men aren't doing anything to fix it. No offense, men, but it's true. (laughs) So it's up to the ladies to do something. So we all, uh, we we became part of this and now we're going to take um, certain things. My issue is kindness. I think if we use kindness and love, we could solve a lot of problems in this world because as you can see on the social media, all the unkind words people use with other, if you disagree with them. So I wrote a poem on kindness, which I shared during that Zoom, but the exciting thing is, three days before the Zoom event, Caroline came to me and said, Randy, I know you're a writer, can you write a, a poem about what our message is? So I wrote something, a couple hours, sent it to her, she loved it. I got to introduce Zoom with my poem, We Are the Global Changemakers, and I'm proudly glad to say that it's going to be our mission statement for the whole We Are the Change. Wonderful. So, hey, when you make good connections and you get with good people, great things happen for you. And you get to help people in, in, the, in exchange and all that.
0: That's right. Now, tell us more about your poem that you wrote on kindness.
1: Well, I, I have it somewhere. It's just about, I, I get, did a Bible quote about kindness. And then all I did is I just talked about what I thought kindness was. It could be the simple things like um, helping an old lady across the street, fixing a dinner for people that are hungry. Um, Just things like this kindness can be found everywhere and anywhere and it's you know small acts of kindness change change a person's life so that was basically what I wanted and I challenge people to do one act of kindness every day because if you do that you know you you don't know how what kind of effect you have on other people's lives and it also makes you feel good that you've helped somebody in some small little way. That's right love and kindness Uh truly matter. Now what has given you the most joy and fulfillment in your life? Well, being a teacher, okay, I wanted to be a movie star when I was a kid. (laughs) I wanted to be a singer, dancer, actress and all this, but God had other plans for me because from 15 to 20, I did not walk. I hurt my knees so badly that they told me I'd never walk again. I taught myself to walk because they gave up on me. So being a singer and a dancer and all that was, well, the singer part, but the dancer part was out. So God said to me, in my mind, you need to be a teacher. This is what you are meant to do. So, I became a teacher. Um, I think because of that, the thing that makes me the happiest is the ability to help others. I've always been a giver to everybody. I have you ready 5,000 Facebook friends in 53 countries. And the average Facebook friend age is 27. And even though I'm 26 in my head, I'm not 26. (laughs) So, I'm kind of like mother to the world. But it's been wonderful because. A lot of these kids are from third world countries where they've got all this education and no opportunities, you know, for a good life. So they come to me for advice and I've actually, you ready? We've had seven international students live in our home. They've all come here legally, but we've helped them get a start in living in the United States. So my love is helping people. I love helping people, inspiring them, getting them out of their their gloom and saying, Hey, you know, We've all been through problems. I had a horrible car accident in 2014, almost died, eight broken bones, took me eight months of physical therapy. So what did I do? I wrote my first novel with my good hand. So I told him, I said, you know, you think my life is wonderful? My life has been full of troubles and obstacles, but I've always found a way to get through them. So through my kindness, through my words, through my mentoring, I tell them, you know, if you want something badly enough, find a way to get it. And sometimes I'm able to help them do that.
0: That's right. Very powerful method. Now you mentioned that at one point you weren't able to walk and you had to teach yourself to walk again. Tell us
1: about some of the challenges that you face with doing <sighs> so. It was terrible. I was catching a ball in gym class when I was a sophomore and my knee went out of place. And that sounds like a simple stupid thing, but it paralyzed my leg and I couldn't walk I couldn't feel anything. Then I had surgery to try to repair that. And they pinched another nerve. So I was paralyzed from the knee down. So, I mean, I was, even on crutches, I couldn't do that well. I mean, I was just, I was a mess. But I still went to college. I still graduated as valedictorian in my class. I still went to Marshall, you know, and graduated from all of that. But when I was 19, after my surgery, and they pinched my nerve, they said, you're never going to walk again. It's just not going to happen. You're just going to have to accept that. Well, when you're 19, you don't accept anything. You say, no, that's not true. So I would put bricks on the bottom of my sh- shoe and sit on my picnic bench in my patio and force my leg to move. And finally, the nerves started reacting. Now, all of my life, I've had trouble with my knee. I've t- taught myself to walk so many times. Finally, in, in June of 2014, I did have a total knee replacement. It went well. I was on my way to the gym because I'd already f- finished my physical therapy. Six months later, you know. On my way to the gym, had a horrible car accident. That's when I broke the eight bones in my body, including my neck. I had to wear a neck brace for 93 days, day and night. I have an eight-inch plate on my arm with six pins. Can't bend my wrist completely. It's okay. It works. I had a collapsed lung, a lacerated spleen. I had four fractures in my ribs, two fractures in my pelvis. My arm was a mess. But hey, I had four trauma doctors, eight months of physical therapy, 18 days in the hospital. I'm here. Again, I tell my friends, you know, the mind is an amazing thing. I was in so much pain. I could have sat there for eight months feeling sorry for myself. What did I do? I typed a novel, 400-page novel with this hand. I traveled the world. That's the one I'm going to publish soon. So you wrote your book with one hand? One hand. In fact, I can't type with both hands now because this hand doesn't work. So I just typed. I wrote a 400-page, really a 407-page book with one hand. Very inspiring. Love it. (laughs) Well, it helped me to escape my pain, you know, and I got to travel and do these amazing things. And of course, my female heroine is this strong woman. She's a veterinarian. My love for animals again.
0: (laughs) And that you are, you are a strong woman, Randy. Now, how did you make the decision to choose the vocation you did?
1: Well, again, uh, my mother was a teacher for 40 years. My aunt was a teacher and also a martial librarian at my university my her husband was a, a principal and the superintendent of our school system my great uncle was his name by the way was benjamin franklin he was a marshall <laughs> university english professor my whole family was full of teachers but it, you know originally like i said i didn't i didn't want to fall in that path i wanted to do something different but like i said god had different plans for me and so i don't regret teaching my last year of teaching was Year 37 was one of the best years I've I've ever taught. And it wasn't that I didn't want to teach anymore. It's just after 37 years, I wanted to do something else. But then as I told you earlier, I became so bored and so miserable after a few months because I'm not the type to sit in a rocking chair and go, okay, it's retirement time. I can't do that, it's not who I am. So that's the reason I started my next career. And then the pandemic hit, as you know, My husband passed away from lung cancer on December 15th, 2019. I was miserable because as being the control freak that I am, I couldn't save his life. So for a few months, I was miserable. But, and I couldn't even write. But then I met Dr. Heather Tucker on Women's Prosperity Network, GG, another life-changing event, okay? I decided, hey, that life coach thing sounds pretty cool. So I took her class, And as you introduced me earlier, I'm a holistic, emotional, intelligence coach and a life harmony coach. And I'm going, but what I'm going to do with that is I'm a teacher, I'm an editor. I plan to be a book consultant coach for those people that want to write their books, but have no clue how to start. And then I will offer editing services. And it's only, I've only started like a month ago. I already have two clients. Congratulations. During the pandemic, I actually, from February until like June, July, I edited six books for free. That's over <laughs> for my friends. <laughs> I got bored. So I just said, I'll edit your book. And it was fun. But now this is my career. So I'm going to start career number three at the age of 71. I'll tell everybody, hey, it's never too late. to big." Exactly
0: amazing. Very powerful. Now, was there a time in your life journey where you
1: experienced an aha moment? Egypt, Egypt changed my life. I probably would have just become that little old lady, eventually sitting in the rocking chair that I didn't want to be, if it hadn't been for Egypt and making me write, start writing. I didn't know I had this talent. I mean, I knew I could edit people and read. I knew what good writing was, but I didn't know I had the actually had the talent to write because you could be an editor but not know how to write. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a difference. So it changed my life. And also, even though I've been in 60 countries, other places I would go, I was always first class tourist. When I lived in Egypt, definitely was not first class. I lived in this rundown flat, even though it was in Garden City and several blocks from the American embassy. It was old and rundown. Nothing worked. Light bulbs literally fell out of the ceiling. It was very scary. <laughs> the sink was falling apart. It was just filthy, dirty, and I never could get it clean, so I had to live like they like many of them did, you know, and not poverty, but not in my American lifestyle. so that was an awe moment too. When I came back, I never ever take for granted everything that God has provided me, being fortunate enough to be an American and being able to live a wonderful lifestyle. so that was my aha and then also, of course, it inspired me to be more sympathetic and more empathetic, I guess is a better word for people around the world that don't have as much as I do and wanting to help them. So that was my aha.
0: (laughs) I love it. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? All
1: right. My copyrighted quote, which is in this book on the front, on the first page is believe don't dream big, dream bigger. The sky is the limit. So reach for the stars. Believe and dream are my two favorite words in the entire English language. I mean, I love love and kindness, but believe and dream have gotten me through all the things, all the challenges in my life, okay? Um, I believe that if you trust yourself, you trust God, and keep working hard, you can do whatever you want. I was told I was never going to walk again. I'm walking. I was told that I should not have survived that accident. I survived it. I was told that I would not it was not safe to go to Egypt. God protected me. I've been all over the world. Some of the places have not been that safe, but I've always found a way to work hard, to believe in myself, to believe that I'm gonna get what I get what I need to do to make me happy, to find my joy. And even though there was a period recently where I didn't have my joy after my husband died, I'm finding my joy again because God is with me. He's giving me all these opportunities, connections with wonderful people like you, for instance, Gigi. Becoming yep. friends, you know, and lo- and loving to be around people again, even though I'm confined to my house most of the time. Yep. Zoom has created our friendship. Zoom has connected with us with wonderful people and wonderful projects. And I have one new project too that I want you to become involved in too. It's brand new. It's called um, Women Rock Globe Experience. It's with Carl Wilson. And I just got the Red Jacket Award. And this man is so incredible. He loves women in a good way, okay? And he wants to highlight us. But I've connected with him when he saw me talking uh, making comments about some of his friends. So he requested me as a fa- Facebook friend. Well, I checked him out, of course, you know. So, but I thought, this man is amazing. So after one hour of talking to him with all these amazing friends that he has, I'm going to be a co-host for the women event in Southern California next June with Carl Wilson. Believe, dream bigger. That's right.
0: That's right. And God is with us wherever we go. Yes. Very powerful. And like
1: you, we're going to start our own little TV show and our own little Zoom thing. And we'll be highlighting you probably, Gigi. So get get ready for that. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much, Randy, for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I really appreciate you and for you sharing your story. It's very inspiring. Now, where can the audience
1: find you? Okay. Well, I'm on authorhouse.com for my book. Okay. But I'm also on, you know, Amazon and my website is www.randydward.com. And that's R-A-N-D-I-D-W-A-R-D.com. I'm on Facebook, but I have some Facebook um, book pages, but you can't request me as a friend because I have 5,000 friends. That's all they allow you to have, but I do have a couple of pages on that. And I'm on LinkedIn, of course, you know, I'm everywhere, you know, but I mean, uh, but my website will have this and information. So it's randydward.com and look at it. It's an amazing website and you'll get to meet some of my friends and, and some of my blogs are on there too. And, um, so I keep up updating it so much as I can.
0: Amen. I love it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Randy at www.randyward.com. And Randy, thank you so much again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed God day. God bless you, Gigi. Thank you so much, dear. You're welcome.